Welcome to Bible Near You, a Bible study program that seeks to shed some light on the Bible and aims to drive the shade of ignorance from the mind of the people across the world. The program comes to you every Wednesday at BibleNearYou.co.za at 1600 South African Standard Time. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and other podcasting platforms. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the content of our show, you can email us at question at biblenearyou.co.za. Now we join our host and teacher, Lungisa Jostri. We have come to the 16th session of the Bible Near You podcast. My dear friends, I'd like to welcome you all on this day. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise as we come together once again to study your word. We're looking today at the book of Ezra. We say thank you, God, for allowing us this opportunity. Help us, Lord, to understand what's being said and also, Lord, to know what we should do in our time. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So, my dear friends, I want to thank you again for joining us today. This is a wonderful day indeed that the Lord has made and we are on episode number 16. This is our 16th session and we started on the 11th of November 2020. We are now on the 24th of February 2021 and uh, we are soldiering on and uh, we have up until the 16th of February 2022 to look over the Bible. So we're just doing a survey of the Bible. We're not doing the in-depth study of each book. We're just taking an overview. That's what we are doing. So if you feel that we are not saying adequate, we're not going delving in into the books, it is because we are not doing an in-depth Bible study, but we're just taking an aerial view of the book just to know what the basic idea, what the book is about, looking at the, at the chapters and how they're broken down and what sort of information we are to learn from there. So let's look at the book of Ezra. You remember last week that we were doing Second Chronicles and uh, where we finish Second Chronicles, uh, it is where we find the first uh, verse. It is, uh, yes, it is the first verse and second verse, that is uh, that identical, um, almost identical, because I realize that there's some bit information that's added. So when you look at verse 1 and verse 2 of Ezra, it's the same as verse 22 and 23 of Second Chronicles chapter 33. So Second Chronicles chapter, sorry, chapter 36, Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22 and 23, it says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made proclaiming throughout all, that he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, the king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth had the Lord God of heaven given me. He had charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is there among you of all his people. 
the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. So if you go to Ezra chapter 1 verse 1 to 3, this is what it says. Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus said Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven had given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and had charged me to build a, him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is there among you of all his people, his God be with him. And then there's an addition here. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. Now we see here that there's a, a command that comes from Cyrus that it's time now to rebuild. You remember that we we did touch uh, briefly in some other episodes talking about what God had spoken to Jeremiah and you're still going to get to Jeremiah. Because if you notice the Bible, as you read the Bible, you find the law and then we are in the historical section. Whatever is happening in the book of Psalms, in the book of Job, and, and, and so on and so forth, and the prophets as well, all happens within the time frame of these history books. So from the book of Joshua to the book of uh, Esther, that's the Old Testament. So the books of wisdom, Psalms, and the prophets, they all take place within the scope of the book of Judges, sort of the book of Joshua to the book of Esther. So if we were to finish the Bible, if we were to arrange the Bible in the chronological order, or in the chronological order, yes, I've said it right. Um, if we will do that in a timeline, the book of the prophets will be within this bracket of Joshua and Esther. That's how it would be. So now it's time for them to return. It's time for them to return. God spoke through Jeremiah. This is what it says here, that the word which Jeremiah spoke might be fulfilled. See in verse 1, in chapter 1 of Ezra, Now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by, by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. So what did God say by the mouth of Jeremiah? Let's go to Jeremiah, the very famous chapter, Jeremiah chapter 29. And we take it from verse 7. It says, oh, maybe we'll just take it from verse 4, so it will make perfect sense. From verse 4 to 14, so these are 10, 10 verses. I think we read this last time, but just for a refresher. Thus said the Lord God, th sorry, thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, and to all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters. Take, your wi take wives of your son, or for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminish. 
and seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away, captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall you have peace. For thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name, and I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus says the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. I will bring you again unto the place whence I cause you to be carried away. So, this is it. This is the promise that God spoke concerning Judah by the mouth of Jeremiah, that after 70 years, God will bring the people of Israel back, the people of Judah back, because God knows the plans that he has for them. He has thoughts about them. So going back to the book of Ezra, so we're looking at Ezra. This is uh, the first section from Ezra 1 to to verse uh, to chapter 6, Ezra chapter 1 to chapter 6. We see uh, just uh, over all heading, we see the preparations and the, the command, the provision, and we see the beginning of a building, the building of the temple. Because that was the most important thing. The command from the king says the God of heaven commanded Cyrus to build him a house in Judah, which is in Jerusalem. Now, so now what we see here is that in chapter one, we see then the return of the exiles, uh, chapter one and chapter two. So king proclaims the people of Judah, they arise, they strengthen himself with silver and gold. And also Cyrus gives back the the treasure or the items that were taken from the temple, the house of the Lord, the temple that Solomon built, which were taken by the king of Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. So they are returned and they are measured by by um, Mithridath, uh, Mithridath, who was uh, the treasurer at that time. And he gave them to the prince of Judah, whose name was uh, Shesh Bazaar. So what we see then is that in chapter 2, we give in a census. So we see the number of people that that came. So the people that returned uh, we, to Jerusalem. So if I'm con- just going to read uh, here the first verse. 
says, now these are the children, chapter 2, now these are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity and those which had been carried away whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away unto Babylon and came unto Jerusalem and Judah, everyone unto his city. And verse 2, which came with Zerubbabel. And then we are given the names. So the first coming back, because they didn't just come all of them all together. They came in phases. So there's a time where the, the people that came with they came with uh, Zerubbabel, and there are those that came with uh, Ezra, and then there are those that came with Nehemiah. So that's what we see um, here. We see the coming of the people with Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is one of the lineage of, of King David. He's one of the royal uh, blood. So he was uh, actually the one who should, be, should have been king at that time. So they came back. So we see the rebuilding of the altar in chapter 3, from verse 1 to verse 7. And we see the foundations of the temple being laid. And I'm just going to read that from verse 8 to 13. Now the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, and the remnant of the brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of captivity into Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forth the work of the house of God, or the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua, by the way, the word Jeshua is, is um, I think it's a, it's a, um, Variation of Joshua, it means the same thing. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Kadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God. The sons of Henadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king, uh, of David, king of Israel. And they sung together by cause in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy and jewereth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chiefs of the fathers, who were ancient men that had seen the, house, the first house when the foundation of the house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise and the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people, for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. So what's happening here is that as the foundations of the temple are being laid, so they started singing, and there was shouting. There was, there was that moment of shouting. And those old people, the, the old Mkulus, the old grandpas, 
who were there, who had seen the first house, the the temple. This this means this must have been like uh, people who were at that time maybe over seventy. They 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 should have been over seventy, maybe eight years, uh, maybe hundred years old. Those people who saw the first house, the the house of Solomon, which was of great magnificence. So they wept, they cried. Um, we don't know why they cried. Maybe it was dissatisfaction that it's it's not the same, or it was a cry of of joy at that time because I mean they didn't think they will ever see the foundation of the house of the Lord again. Maybe they were hopeless, and this time the hope is regained. We really don't know why they cried. But then the rest of the people they shouted for joy. So there was so great noise to the point that. There were people who were weeping and there were people who were rejoicing and the shout was so great that no one could tell if they're weeping or shouting for joy. So no one could discern. It was just great noise and it was heard from very far. So it was a historic event that the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Unfortunately, at this time, there was a time where there was adversary uh, in, 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 in Judah. So you can see in chapter 4 that there were adversaries. Chapter 4 verse 1 to 10. The people who were opposing. People who were jealous. Who didn't want this house to be built. Because I mean they've heard the stories of the gods. Of the God of Israel. And so they were afraid in a way. Or they just hated the Jews. So they opposed them. And they made means that they stopped the work. The building of the temple. But then God was with them. They stop. And you can hear that there were prophets in those days who were helping the people uh, in encouraging them to build. So one of those prophets who were there was uh, Haggai. Um, if you go to, or some in Zulu we say Haggai. So Haggai asks certain questions. If you go to the book of Haggai, let's read from verse... Um, Say verse 1 of Haggai chapter 1. I'm just going to read. I'll try to read fast. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the house, the high priest, sorry, saying, Thus saith or thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it the time for you, all you that dwell in your sealed? Oh, sorry, is it the time for you, all ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and the house of the Lord lie in waste? Now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much. You have sown much. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earned wages, they earned wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and, and build the house 
and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, said the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. But when you brought in, when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, said the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste, and you run on house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from Jew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon man, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel the son of Sheltel, and Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, and the Lord their God had sent him, and people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai to the Lord, sorry, then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger, in the, and the Lord's message, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priests, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. And in the four and twentieth day, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius, the king. So this happened there in the four, is the 24th day of the sixth month of the second year of Darius the king. So Ms. Cyrus had gone. So it was Darius now who was uh, ruling. So you can see that because of the adversaries, people were discouraged. They were very discouraged. So by the prophecies of Haggai and by the prophecy of Zechariah. So we are told in this book that uh, those were the prophets that helped the people to Build the house of the Lord. Those were the prophets in those days, Haggai and Zechariah. And also, if you if you go to the book of Zechariah, you can hear Zechariah actually saying this, these words to Zerubbabel, because it was at the same time. This is what he says. I'm just going to read from verse. Uh, it's um, Zechariah chapter six where he speaks to Zerubbabel. Um, oh, yes, chapter 4. It's chapter 4. Here, verse 6, he says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Who art thou, o great mountains, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shouting and crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me. Okay, so what would you see? It's, this is the time where Zechariah was prophesying. And it says here in, in, in the book of Zechariah, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, It was in the eighth month of the second year of Darius. But uh, Haggai here, um, he, spoke, he, he encouraged people to build the house. And the date was in the 24th day of the six months of Darius. So Haggai was speaking earlier, two months earlier, and uh, two months later, on the eighth month uh, of the reign of Darius, Zechariah was uh, prophesying. So it was in the same, in the same time. 
that the people were, um, sorry, that Hekaiah and Zechariah were prophesying. So they came back together in the first batch of people that returned. So as we continue to, to see in chapter 5, in chapter 5, we see that the work is uh, resumed and is completed. So verse 5, chapter 5 and 6. So we are told that um, this oh, this is where the names of Hagariah, Hagai, sorry, Hegei and Zechariah. Yo, these people. So in, in chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Then the prophet Hegei, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. So can you see now, as I explain that, the prophets, they occur in the scope of Joshua and Esther. So between Joshua and Esther, all the books of the prophets are placed there. Even the book of Psalms, even the book of Job, all of them are placed there. They are within that scope. So that's the whole history. So the Old Testament begins with Joshua, ends with Esther. So the rest is within those books if we talk about history. But the Bible is divided for our convenience that we are able to identify law, history, the prophet, because it's a library, you understand, the Bible is a library. So it, it sets things in categories. So we find them in sections. But if we were to rearrange the library now and put it in chronological terms, then the prophets Haggai and uh, Zechariah will be next to Ezra and Nehemiah. Will be next to Ezra and, and Nehemiah because they happen in the same time the same time frame i hope you learned that now there will be a question maybe because i didn't get into that earlier who wrote the book of ezra who wrote the book of ezra uh i'd say we don't know however however when we are introduced we can estimate and say ezra but then there are there are certain issues where i will not say ezra wrote it but there's a time where Ezra writes in first person, where where Ezra writes in first person, he he records how they asked the king uh, to leave, and when the king offered uh, security for them as they travel, they declined. They were ashamed, in fact, because they've already said their God will protect them. So they sort of have not uh, allowed the king to give them. So. <sighs> So there's a time where Ezra actually speak in first person. So I would um, I wouldn't say Ezra wrote it, but I would say whoever wrote it, they took the pieces of Ezra's writing and incorporated into the book. But we don't know who wrote the book of Ezra. So, but I'm gonna give it to be your homework as well. If you know anybody who wrote the book of Ezra, uh, just go and check it out. Um, yeah, but we know that this book was written around the times. Uh, it was written around the times after their return. So it's just documenting uh, their return to Babylon. Sorry, to return from Babylon and to Judah. So moving further on, uh, in chapter 7 to chapter 10, this is where we are introduced to, to Ezra. 
we are introduced to Ezra and his ministry. There's something about Ezra that I would like you guys to note. And I think we should, if you are, if you aspire to teach people the word of God, if you want to learn uh, the word of God and teach others, which is what is, which was uh, in Ezra's heart. If you read chapter seven, verse 10, it says, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So you can see here that Ezra was devoted in the law of God. He was devoted in God's word. So, and that's, that is the manner of teachers that if we are in any position to teach people the word of God, then we should devote ourselves into learning the word of God and not just learning the word of God, but we should also be invested into doing what the word of God says. And then we can teach others because we cannot teach people what we cannot do, what we have not done in the Christian life. We learn and then the life is modeled for the disciples or for the students. So when we say we are going out to evangelize, whoever wants to teach people evangelism, they first have to learn the message of the gospel. They go out to preach it, understand the challenges, understand the difficult questions that are raised by the people in the streets, then come back and teach his people and then take them out and show them how it's done and then give them an opportunity to do it. So we see Ezra here. Ezra, he prepared his heart. Other version says he devoted himself to seek the law of the Lord, to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel the statutes and judgments. So Ezra was um, one of the scribes. Uh, if you look into uh, the, the earlier verses here, verse 6 of chapter 7 says, This Ezra went up from Babylon and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given and the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel and of the priests and the Levites and the singers and the porters and the Nithinims uh, unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up to Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgment. So you can see here that Ezra could not have written this because, I mean, he's speaking in the third person. It's unusual, really, that you write a story about yourself, but you speak in the third person. It's very unusual. Usually, when somebody writes a story about themselves, they speak in the first person as first-hand witnesses of the events that happened in their lives and uh, after their own perspective. 
So like Nehemiah, if you go to the book of Nehemiah, from the word go, Nehemiah is talking about his life. He talks about what happened. He's telling us the story from his perspective and what he had done. You understand? He is not speaking in third person, but he speaks. I, we did, I arranged that, you know. So now let's see. So we see that Ezra, as he had prepared, so he was a scribe. He was a read scribe. He knew the law. He was, uh, he, he studied the law. He was doing the law. So he went out uh, back and they, he took some other people with him and they went to Jerusalem. And um, it also happened that the king gave a decree on behalf of Nehemiah. This is in verse 11 um, to 26. Now, this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra the priest, the scribe. So Ezra was the priest and he was the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. And, and it says, Artaxerxes, king of kings... Unto Ezra, the priest and scribe of the law of God, of heaven, perfect peace at such a time. I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded in their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, go with thee. So you see, they were not even forced to go back to Judah. They they were given free will to go. So if you don't want to go back, you don't. So they were given freedom to do so. It says, everyone who's willing to go, let them go. So for as much as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to the law of thy God, which is in thine hand, and to carry the silver and gold, which, is, which the king and counselors have freely offered unto the Lord God of Israel, whose habitation is in Jerusalem. So you can go further and read the letter of the king that shows that Ezra was authorized to go out. And also there was so much provision that King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra and the people that were with him so they can continue to go and serve the Lord their God in Judah. So they, when they were moving, Zerubbabel and his people, they were given provisions to go and build the house. So all the finances, all the financial requirements for them to build the house was supplied. And then when Ezra comes back, he comes also with more supplies to allow them to do service unto God. This is incredible. This is amazing that God will always provide for his ministry. So I want to encourage those people who are called by God to go out for missions, to take the gospel into the different parts of the world. If God has called you to go to Namibia, to go to Zambia, to go to uh, Angola, to go to, um, say, North Sentinel Islands, to places where the gospel has never been, then if you go there in obedience to God's word, then God will provide. You will not lack whatever you need to, to, to preach the gospel, to bring the message, to teach the people, to educate them. You will, God will provide. He will provide financial means. He will provide food. He will provide clothing. He will provide helpers. He will provide translators. God will provide. He will always provide your needs if you come to ministry. So there are a lot of people whom God has called, but they are afraid that they need to take care of their families. They need money. They need to work. And so they neglect the word of the Lord. 
Remember in the book of Haggai that God said, Is this the time for you to be comfortable? Is this the time for you that your houses be nice and sealed and you sit in them, you dwell in them while the house of the Lord lay in waste? So I would say to you, all who are called by God, is this the time for you to be comfortable, feed yourselves, but live in nice houses while the work of the Lord is not done? Is this the time for you? Is this right? Is this okay that you mind your own businesses and you neglect the work of God? So we look at this, that Ezra, there was a provision in that. And then as they went back to Jerusalem, there's something that happened, they discovered. At first, at first, there was a, a time where Ezra had to dedicate the temple, sorry, had to teach the people the word of God. So he, actually, Ezra, what he did is he, he stood, there was some kind of a podium where he was uh, standing and he taught the people for six hours reading the text. And then for another six hours, people were repenting and they were weeping. Uh, before the Lord, there was a great revival in the days of Ezra. And there was Nehemiah also there. So it was also in the days of Nehemiah. But we learn more about that in the book of Nehemiah as uh, we see Ezra in action working. But at this time, something very, very sad was discovered in Israel. If you read from verse 9, it's from chapter 9 to chapter 10, that there was a there was a uh, there was a scene among the men of Judah. They did what was not allowed. They involved themselves in mixed marriages. So they were ordered then to put away those uh, those um, wives and children they've uh, they've ha- they've had. So it was very a sad scene. But this is where I suppose we get the Samaritans. This is where we get the Samaritans because they are Israelites but mixed race. And they have no affairs. It's just there was like this animosity with the Jews. So they were, they were having no dealings. I think it was because they were put away. So the Jews resented them. Maybe the Samaritans also resented the Jews. So And then that lasted for decades. So it was a sad thing. But read all about it from chapter 9 to chapter 10. So I am going to stop the session now. I'm going to stop the session now, but there are more details when we read the book of Nehemiah of what was happening around there. So next week, Lord willing, we are looking at the book of Nehemiah. So please go and read the book of Nehemiah, how he was rebuilding the wall. So the temple is being built, but now the wall is not built. The wall is still fallen down, it's still broken down. So Nehemiah was going to build the defense system of the city of Jerusalem. So my dear friends, I want to say thank you very much for joining me for this short session. And uh, I'm very, very pleased. Remember the homework I'm giving you. Go and find out who wrote the book of Ezra. Go and find out who wrote the book of Ezra and uh, give me a comment on on this link that I will give you. Or if uh, you don't have a link, we have... um, just go to podcast.biblenearyou.zo.za and uh, you will be able to go to episode number 16, which is uh, Book of Ezra. So, and then you'll be able to just drop a comment. Just give us a comment. I want to recognize my dear brother, Zakes. He is very consistent in listening to a Bible near you and liking our post on our website. I want to say thank you very much, my dear brother. 
your support is very encouraging. And also want to thank Sister Cindy for your response as well. I want to encourage everyone, everyone, please, if you are able to listen to Bible Near You, I'm really encouraging you to engage, give feedback. If there's something you don't understand, come back to me and let's discuss it. Uh, drop us a comment uh, on, our, on our website, follow us on our on our Instagram, follow us on our uh, Twitter, and also like our Facebook page. Oh, it's all at Bible Near You. So on Facebook, our URL is facebook.com forward slash Bible Near You. It's very easy. Bible Near You. There are no spaces between uh, Bible Near You. It's just one word. And then uh, in Twitter, just search for Bible Near You. And in Instagram, search for Bible Near You. So we are we are there. And if God give us grace, we will have if God give us grace, we will have videos, we will have Bible study sessions on video on YouTube. We have now a channel, a Bible near you channel on YouTube. I encourage you to go and find it out and subscribe there. Subscribe on on, on Bible near you channel. I would really appreciate if you do that. We will start having Bible Near You sessions also on YouTube. It will be nice if you would join us there as well as we study the Bible. In the Bible Near You sessions on YouTube, we will be dealing with various topics and uh, various chapters, various verses. We will be going in details, breaking them down and teaching the scripture giving us what the Bible says. It won't be like as we do in the podcast, because in the podcast, we're just doing an overview for the, for this current time from November 11, 2020 to February 16, 2022. We're just doing an overview. But afterwards, we'll take a break. And then when we come back from that break to season two, we will start targeting certain portions of scripture and we will discuss them in depth and we will go further, deeper and deeper and study the word. Take out the juice of the word and feed our souls. You understand that? Okay, so I want to encourage you, my friends, your support. Also, if you'd like to support Bible Near You financially, or what we'll do is, because we, we're not going to, I'm not going to give out an email now and say, um, ask us questions or anything. I'm just going to put a, a, a support button there where you'll be able to support us. I'm just going to put a button there where you can click and after clicking it, it will take you to PayPal and then you can donate uh, however much you'd like to donate towards Bible Near You. It's not a requirement, but uh, if you're willing to do so um, and to help us because it does cost us money to run the website as well, just to help us maybe develop and bring more content there. Um, you can support us, but we don't. We, you are not forced. It's not a requirement. We're not saying that if you don't support us, you will go to hell. No, we don't. We're not doing that. But um, if you'd like to do that, then uh, you are free to do it. Uh, there is no obligation whatsoever. So I want to say thank you once again, my dear friends. You have a fantastic week. Goodbye.